0: And uh, last week, Pastor Maya Mamadi spoke a lot about fresh oil. I'm not going to go into the details. Uh, And uh, in a special way, though, in absentia, I'd like to say uh, a happy, we're still saying happy birthday, though it was yesterday, to uh, Pastor McDuff. He's been a great blessing to all of us and he continues to be a great blessing. If if you don't see him as a blessing, I see him as a great blessing. <laughs> and we can only thank God for his life. Um and we wish him well. He's not around with us today. Uh he's got some other assignments he's taking care of. Uh so he uh, he couldn't make it to be with us this morning, but uh we say happy birthday to him. Uh back to the month of August you see every time we when we are told that uh, this is a month of such and such we do have different expectations every one of us uh has expectations uh from god if you say you don't have expectations from god i think you would be lying uh because all of us have got expectations from god uh and there comes a time when we get frustrated when what we've been expecting from God is not happening the way we want. Uh, Sister Naomi stood here this uh, at, at the beginning of uh, worship, and uh, she said something. And when she was saying that, I was like, did you by any chance get into my notes? Uh, because what she talked about is exactly what God had placed upon my heart this morning to share with you. And this morning, I'm not sure if you, we are going to call it a topic or a question or whatever we are going to call it. But the question is, is there anything good that you see amidst all your troubles? Amen. Amen. Is there anything good that you can single out from the multitude of troubles that you go through as a person? From the multitude of troubles that you have ever gone through as a person? Is there anything good that you can single out from those troubles? And that's what I want us to share uh, this morning. You see, there are times when Things are happening, we begin to question God, we begin to throw tantrums, we begin to ask all sorts of questions, because things have not gone the way we have always wanted them to go. And the example that Aunt Naomi was sharing this morning, the children of Israel, we're going to talk about that quite a lot uh, uh, within the sermon, but it's a perfect example of how we also behave at times when things are not going our way. We ask all sorts of questions. We we we, we have all sorts of issues milan madanu ambilimbili and all that against God. Amen. And God you know God 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 is a democrat. He would allow you to throw all the tantrums you can. Okay. And at times You can cry, you can do what, you can do what, and things still don't change. And God allows that to happen. And he sees you crying. He leaves you there. He says, hey, keep on crying. Because he knows the purpose and the plan that he has for you. But there is something that blinds us. That we cannot see that which God is planning for us. Amen. There are times we get angry with God. Some two weeks ago at our CHF, we, we, we had this Bible study on anger. And, and one of the questions uh, uh, we we were discussing was, is it wrong to be angry with God? And we agreed it's not wrong. It's okay. Because it's in our nature. As human beings, we get angry. And we can be angry with God. You you can ask God questions, all right? And God, God, God is a very is a very unique being. I mean, he he, he, he he gets all the punches from us. All right. He's able to accommodate all those punches we throw at him. He's able to accommodate all the tantrums we throw. Okay? Because he is the loving father. He is a caring father. And we agreed. It's, it's not wrong. You can, be, you can be angry at God. Okay, but just make sure you're not sinning in your anger with God. Just make sure you're not angering him again. Amen. Sometimes uh, it 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 baffles me to see that we are throwing these tantrums when just yesterday. Or some few hours ago, or some few months ago, or some few days ago, we were celebrating over testimony on something that God did for us. And then today, something happens, we begin to say, God, why is this happening? God, why not that? God, why not that? When yesterday, few minutes ago, few hours ago, we were standing and saying, Isn't God? Isn't God marvelous? Look, he's done this, he's done that, he's done that. But it's in our nature as human beings because we normally forget. We normally forget. Amen. But we need to sit back. When troubles come, we need to sit back and say, okay, this has happened. But from where I am coming, has God been like this all the time? You find that the answer will be no. He hasn't been like the way you're seeing him at that time. He has been a different God. He has been a loving God. He has been a caring God. He has been a healing God. He has been a deliverer. Okay, But we ask all these questions, we throw all these tantrums, we get angry because we easily forget how good God has been to us throughout. And it's time we begin to sit down and say, God, even in this trouble, but I still call you my God. And I know that these two shall pass. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Numbers chapter 21. We'll read from verse number 1 to verse number 9. Numbers 21. We'll read from verse number 1 to verse number 9. If you found it, say Amen. If you haven't found it, say... Uh, I don't know what you say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I hope everyone has found it. Numbers chapter 21, verse 1. The Bible says, When the Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard that Israel was coming along the road to Catherine, he act, he attacked the Israelites and captured some of them. Then... Israel made this vow to the Lord. If you will deliver these people into our hands we will totally destroy their cities. The Lord listened to Israel's plea and gave the Canaanites over to them. They completely destroyed them and their towns. So the place was named Homer Verse number four, they, they traveled from Mount Hall along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom, but the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness there is no bread there is no water and we detest this miserable food then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them they beat them and many Israelites died the people came to Moses And said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is beaten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole, then when anyone was beaten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Amen. This is, uh, it must not be a new story uh, if you have followed the journey of, uh, the journey that Moses took the Israelites through from the land of Egypt. You agree with me that he I think Moses was I would say one of the most patient leaders amen because what was happening if you follow the story from Egypt uh, to the promised land, you'd notice that almost over every little thing the children of Israel were crumbling, the children of Israel were complaining, they had all sorts of complaints over every little thing. But Moses had to endure that. And later on Aaron and others, they had to endure that. And this is why I'm saying I, I, I take him as one of the most patient leaders because he had a huge task, leading a people that were continually ungrateful. A people that would complain over almost every and anything. But he still let them. They, 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 they speak evil, bad against God. God punishes them. They come back to Moses. Please pray to your God. Look what God is doing. And Moses goes, prays to God to save them. If it were you and me this day would have said, mm, I think <laughs> Amen. I mean people can get frustrating. Ministry, leading a ministry like this. I think Pastor pa- Pastor Pastor, Pastor, Macduff, Pastor Asunga, uh, in, in the present day, uh, as our pastors, who would say they're one of the, patient, the most patient people, most patient leaders we have? It's not easy to lead a ministry like this because everyone comes from wherever. Okay, we come from different backgrounds. We come with our different issues. We come with our different understanding of things. We come with our preconceived ideas of how a ministry should be run, and we see a pastor running it going that direction when we want us to go when we want ourselves to go this direction. We get angry at them. We're like, look, where is he leading us to? Okay. But they have to endure all that because it's what God called them to do. And that's exactly what Moses was doing. He had to endure all that. These are the people that did not see the bigger picture. He takes them from Egypt. He tells them, God God has taught me to take you from here because he's given you a promised land. We are going to the promised land. And every time they are, they are going through the journey, they don't see the end result of their journey what they see are the problems they are facing now and that's exactly what we do amen we are born again we we have we have accepted jesus christ as our lord and savior in our daily walk with god you would agree with me that a majority of times we don't look uh, 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 to where we are going we focus on things that are are happening at this point and we don't see the big picture amen because if we were to be seeing the bigger picture every day if we were able to see to say okay this journey i'm on this is the purpose of the journey We should have been able to be saying, God, thank you, even in our problems. We should have been able to to, to kneel down and say, Lord, I thank you, even when we have not eaten anything for two days. We should have been able to be saying, Lord, I thank you, even when we don't know where our children's school fees is going to come from. We should have been able to say, Lord, I want to bless your name. I want to worship you because you are a good God. Even when we don't know where our next transport to school, to the office is going to come from. But we don't do that because we do not see the bigger picture. We don't do that because we easily forget what God has been able to do before. Because we, we easily forget what God is capable of doing. What God has promised you in your life. Amen. If you read from the previous chapter, uh, uh, chapter, 20, uh, chapter 20, rather, you'll notice that as the children of Israel were ready to start their journey towards the Red Sea, Moses had sent a word to the king of Edom. And he was simply asking for a passage. Alright? He's simply asking for a passage through the land of Edom. And the king of Edom says, No, you cannot pass through our land. For whatever reasons. Okay? But Moses tried. He pleaded. He said, please we only have we only we only have to pass through. We are not going to go into your fields, we are not going to use your water, we are not going to do what. All we want is to pass through so that we get to the Red Sea. But the king said no. And actually, he even sent an army to block them. Amen. And this got them frustrated. Because what happened in the end was for them to. Divert. They see a direct route, and the king of Edom says, No, you cannot pass through this. And then they had to divert. Now, this is what got them frustrated. They were able, or they 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 had they had hopes that sooner we are going to get to where we are going, okay? And they're seeing a way through, okay and they are being told, no, and the only other option they had, was to take a diversion, and take the longer routes. Amen. And when they did that, they began to complain. They began to complain. But, if you remember, from verse number 1 to verse number 3, what did God do to them before they started complaining of the longer route? God fought the Canaanites for them. They went to God and asked God, God, please, they have killed our people. God, please, they are destroying us. Can you intervene? God intervened and fought the Canaanites for them. The next few minutes, what do they do? Ah, no, 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 God, no. Why do we have to take this longer route? Ah, God, why? Why? You see what I mean? They easily forgot the good things that God had done to them. And this is just one example, but it was a trend with the children of Israel. This minute God does this, the next minute they complain. This minute God does this, the next minute they complain. Amen. And this is this is the problem we have. As children of God. We grow so impatient with God so easily. Amen. But God has made promises. He has told us, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And we choose to ignore those promises that God has made in our lives. Amen. So they grow impatient. They begin to speak against God. And they, they spoke all sorts of things. They threw all the, the, the tantrums. They vented their anger on God and Moses. And when they did that, God, who was very patient with them, says, Aha, you know what? I want to show you that I am God. And he sends venomous snakes on them. Okay? He sends venomous snakes on them. And what do the children of Israel do? They go back to Moses. Okay. Moses, look, this is what God has done. Can you please help us? Can you please pray to your God again? Okay. I wonder how many times Moses was going to plead to God. (laughs) on behalf of the children of Israel. Because every time they see something has gone wrong, something has gone against them, they will rush to Moses and say, Moses, please, please, please. But it's because they had not understood why all that was happening. They had not understood what was at the end of the journey. Amen. How many times have you felt like giving up in your life because of small, small problems? Just reflect back on your life. How many times have you felt like giving up? And then God still comes through for you. Because in the complaints of the children of Israel, if you read the verses we've read, or the the, the verses before, the the chapters before, you'd notice that almost every time they complained, there was a statement that was coming out. Why did you take us from the land of Egypt to kill us here in the wilderness? Who Who told you I'm going to kill you in the wilderness? Who told you God wanted to kill you in the wilderness? It's because they did not understand. And I'm tempted to believe that it's because of these uh, grumblings, because of these complaints, because of, because of uh, this unbelief, the fears and all that, that their journey took longer than it was expected. Because the journey was not supposed to take 40 years. It was a journey that was supposed to take some days. But it took longer than expected because of the troubles they made on the way and why were they meeting all these problems it's because of their unbelief and God wanted to prove himself to them to say look I am I am the one who took you from the hands of the evil ones and I could not have taken you from there to kill you in the wilderness this is where I want you to go. And this is what we need to have in our minds as Christians. God has taken each one of us from somewhere for a reason. And believe you me, He's a God of love. He cannot take us from where He took us to kill us along the way. He cannot do that. Eventually, it will be us killing ourselves because of our unbelief. Eventually, it will be us destroying ourselves because of our disobedience eventually it will be us killing ourselves because we don't understand what God has in store for us but as far as God is concerned he did not take us from those troubled from that troubled life from the mud that we were in to destroy us along the way no he wants us to reach the promised land He wants us to reach our destiny. He has predestined, if you read the book of Romans, the book of Romans is saying, God has predestined, I think it should be Romans chapter 9, God has predestined each one of us. Amen. And His purpose is for us to reach our destiny. But because we blind ourselves with so many things, We see our friends prospering overnight when we have prayed for the very same thing over and over, but it has not happened to us. And we begin to ask God, why? And we begin to get angry. We begin to want to give up that no, this life I think is unfair to me. I don't deserve to live anymore. I don't deserve this anymore. And all that. Because we are not able to see why God is taking us through all that. Amen. Look in the end when they reached uh, the promised land. How beautiful life was. Amen. But a lot of them had died in the wilderness because of their foolishness. Because of their ungratefulness, And they did not reach the promised land. But those that reached the promised land I bet they sat back and said it was worth it. Amen? Amen. It's just like an exam. If you don't sacrifice, you don't study hard. You don't get where you are supposed to go. You don't pass. But if you sacrifice, you study hard, you endure the pain. Sometimes you ask yourself, why am I doing this? Okay? But if you endure the pain to the end, and then the beautiful results come out. You rejoice and say, Oh, yes. Amen. Because you have enjoyed the pain and you have seen the beautiful fruits of enduring such pain. Amen. Every time you want to think of giving up, every time you want to think of beginning to complain to God, ask yourself where am i coming from what has god been able to do in my life from where i'm coming and what is god able to do if you answer those questions correctly and perfectly trust me you live a life with no complaints not that troubles will not come. Troubles will come and you will welcome them say, come, but I know my God is bigger than you. Amen. Troubles will always come our way. But if you know where you're going and you know where you're coming from, you will not allow troubles to cause troubles in your life. Amen. You will not allow troubles to cause troubles in your life. Because you know where you you are going we have to reach a point where we have so many problems and we are able to see I and we are able to say I thank you God because you have done A you have done B you have done C you have done D and so on and so forth and this one I trust you that you also do it. Amen. You know that the, the, there's there's a danger when we stop trusting God and trust in our abilities. And the Bible clearly says, "Do not put your trust in flesh." Amen. You trust in God alone. There are times we have tried to help ourselves. But every time we do that, the end result becomes a disaster. But every time we say, God, I trust you, no matter how long it will take, it will still happen. Because he is a God who lives by his promises. Amen. I sometimes feel that as Christians, at times we have a strange sense of entitlement in the kingdom. We think that every good thing has to be happening to us and us alone. And we think that every time we, we 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 think like we think we think God is like that switch over there that you just uh, you just do and then the lights come, but God doesn't operate like that. And we need to understand that there are times we can pray for things and things don't happen. You have not sinned. You have lived a righteous life. You have lived a perfect life. You have not wronged God in any way. But you pray, you pray, you fast, you fast. You do all you can do. Things don't happen. Because that's how God operates at times. Amen. And we only need to understand that. And all we need to have is a grateful heart. Because that's what God sees. He's a God. The Bible says he's a God who searches the heart. And he searches your heart. He sees ungratefulness all the time, and he looks at you and says, "Isn't it me that took you out of this 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 trouble that day? Isn't you that helped? Isn't me? Isn't it me that helped you go through this? Isn't it me that when the waters raged against you, I made a way for you? And these are things that children of Israel forgot so easily." That when Pharaoh and his team were chasing them, they were so close to catching them. And they were afraid. They're a sea. Utsukolo. And they think, ah, we are, we are done. We are dead. God opens the waters, He clears the waters, makes it dry. And He tells them, go through. Dry ground and the enemies are coming. God drowns them. These are great testimonies that they were supposed to be celebrating, and every time they face problems, they're supposed to be remembering these, pro- these testimonies and celebrate to say, Aul, Aul, The same God who delivered us from the hands of the, the Egyptians is the same God who is going to deliver us from this trouble as well. But they did see that. They forgot all the good things that God had done to them. How many things can you count that God has done in your life? Some of us, if we begin to count from our childhood to this far, I would tell you, uh, we, we, we would have loads and loads of things to talk about of the goodness of God. Amen. Some of us wouldn't have made it uh, uh, through our childhood. Amen give you a perfect example my mom reminds me every time I'm uh, he, she, she wants to, uh, to, to to remind me that she's my mother she she, she tells me do you, do you know that there was a time I had to sleep in a hospital I had to take you to a hospital at night in the middle of the night because you had swallowed a bean seed and it, it got stuck somewhere there and I had to take you to the hospital in the middle of the night and I had to stay with you in the hospital for two full weeks because uh, you 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 are not able to breathe you are not able to do what, and I was worried I was going to lose you and i I did all that I could because I cared for you as my child she, she has to remind me because she has to to, to make me remember she's my mother okay but you look at such things and you say God how did I make it through amen uh, well, I was laughing the other day with my wife I was when I was telling her you know uh, when I was at the age of I think it should be ten if not eleven, I broke both my arms. <laughs> I one go, okay? Alright? I lived a troubled life as a as, as as a toddler. I I was so troublesome. I I I I caused trouble in the home. Okay? So every time I went out to play and do what what I came back with an injury. So there was a time I had to be like this. Okay, I look back and say, God, <laughs> how how did I make it through? Amen. There was a time I was I was, <laughs> I, was I was playing, uh, you know, in 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 uh, in CCAP. Uh, there's a time a Sunday school uh, term gets to an end, and then they have I think that used to happen quite a lot in the well, say not. I'm not sure if it's happened. so they have to do uh, the, the ceremony to close the term and all that where all the Sunday school kids have to go recite their verses, do what and all that and everything else. So before that, there was a preparation that was taking place. So every... every every day me, uh, uh, in within the week we had to go to church and and, and play i mean and and, and uh, practice uh, for the uh, uh, closing ceremony and one day i and my friend uh, julius who was our uh, next door neighbor went early to church when everyone else was uh, not in and we thought it wise to start playing uh, jumping uh, in between benches and these were cement benches in the church so we thought it wise to do what we call chipavo, and then we would run on those benches all right accidentally instead of stepping on a bench i stepped in between two benches and then i had to hit this part of my face on a bench which had a rough edge Because it was not properly finished. And I almost lost my eye. If you look at this eye so closely, you would notice that there are big scars. There's one here and there's another one close to the eye here. It was a big, big, big injury. Okay? And today I sit back and say, God, how did I not lose the eye that time? Because it was so close. Okay? How many things can you reflect on from your childhood to now and say, God, I know it might seem small, but if it wasn't for you, I was not going to make it. Because we need to reach that point. That's why Sister Naomi this morning, she was saying, we do not have to be ungrateful, just like the children of Israel were. They were so ungrateful. Amen? But we have a privilege these days, that we can come together, share testimonies, and learn from one another what God has been able to do in our lives. When you almost lost that job, and God came through and said, no, 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 it's not time yet for you to lose this job. Can't you take that and say, God, you did this, I know you're also going to do that. There also has to come a time when we remind god even when when there are no troubles ahead of us but just take it for yourself and say today i just want to remind god of how good he has been and you brag you brag about god okay you know how kids brag about their parents some of you parents you've been here you don't know how much your kids brag about you out there with their friends They would go there and say, Hey, you know, my dad is so loving. You know, my dad bought me this. My mom did me this. Uh, If it's Aunt Naomi, they would go there and say, You know, my mom baked beautiful cakes. And she she baked this beautiful cake on my birthday. That's how children would brag about their parents. What is wrong with us? We have to brag about God. We have to stand there, out there and say, "Uh, you, You know... For me to be like this, it's God. People, people will not understand because these things not everyone understands. They would think you're mad. They would think you're crazy. And they will go like, But you know what he has done for you. And you have a song to sing in praise of what he has done for you. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter, Psalm number 119, verse 92. Psalm 119, verse 92. Are you there? The Bible says, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my afflictions. I will never forget your precepts for by them you have preserved my life. This is the song that we have to be singing all the time. Amen? If you look at the psalmist every time he is praising God and there are times he has complained against God there are times the psalmist tells you God why have you forsaken me why have you allowed my enemies to encompass me but then in the end you see immediately he remembers "Mm -mm, but this is the same God who delivered me from the jaws of a lion this is the same God who delivered me from my enemies and he begins to rejoice in that Amen this is what we need as Christians to have upon our hearts every day God does not need our assistance in any way Amen He doesn't need our assistance in any way if we feel like He's taking time it's your problem It's not his problem because he's always on time and he expects us to acknowledge that he alone can deal with our situations and no one else. That's why the psalmist says, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my afflictions because he believed in the word of God. He saw what the word of God was able to do in his situations. He saw what God was able to do when he faced troubles through his word. Because it's easy. The last time, uh, I think we talked about how God would speak to us. God will speak to us through anything that he deems right. His word, he speaks his word to us. And if we believe his word... You would see that there's going to be a turnaround in our situations. You would send someone to speak to us. We believe that this person has been sent by God to speak to me. You'd, you'd experience a turnaround. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And how does the word of God come? It comes through us consuming the word from this Bible. It comes through someone preaching to us. It comes through someone sharing their experiences. It comes through someone sharing their testimonies. In Revelation, the Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimonies. And how do you overcome by the word of the testimony? It's because you have believed that this is God who has done this. And when you believe that this is God who has done this, you take that and bring it out and say, look, God has been able to do this. The kingdom of the enemy begins to tremble. Because the devil knows. Has been able to do A, B, C, D. Before time, a million people will believe this and will have no peace in this kingdom. Amen. And that's what we need to do. You know, it was going to be easy to depopulate hell if we believe, if we took the word as it is took it out, and shared our testimonies. You might think that God has not done so much to you, but saving you from sin alone is so much. It's so much. These days I I, 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 I look at uh, uh, the, the trouble that, oh I look at the, uh, the lack of peace that is there, when you're living in sin. Okay? There's so much lack of peace. And the fact that you're able to live a peaceful life. You're able to live a life. De- when you sleep, you're not worried. That how am I going to wake up in the morning? Am I going to wake up with my head spinning like I have uh, done what, what, what. Because of the bottles you took last night. If you're able to sleep like that. You thank God. You say, hey God, thank you. I'm able to sleep and wake up with peace of mind. Amen. These are things we need to be thanking God for. These are things we need to be grateful to God for. Amen. There are times I sit back and wonder that why were the children of Israel not learning from their experiences, from their mistakes, and they kept making blunders after blunders. God shows them these miracles they don't appreciate. They go back and speak bad against God, speak bad against Moses. You see, there's a danger when you don't learn from your experiences or from your mistakes. Because there's someone else who does learn from those experiences and mistakes and capitalizes on them. Amen. Jonathan McReynot sang a song. He says, the devil learns from our mistakes. And that's why he keeps us in cycles. So there are times you wonder, why does this keep happening to me? Amen? There are times you wonder, why is God not taking this thorn of my flesh okay because you have not taken time to learn from how your life has been you have not taken time to learn from your various experiences and some mistakes that you might have made along the way so the devil comes and learns from those experiences, from those mistakes and then he says, aha this is his weakest point and then he keeps, he gets hold of that weakest point of yours and he keeps you just going around in circles in you pray for something to go, it goes the next minute, it's back again what are you learning from that? learn, know where your weakest points are, know how the devil is attacking you, where is he getting through from? If you know that, you learn that, you will be able to say, Thank you, God. You saved me. Thank you, God. You protected me. Amen. But if all in our troubled situations, all we see is the negativity, trust me, the devil has a better use for your troubles. Amen. I remember Pastor MacDuff the other day said, We shouldn't be wasting our sorrows. Okay. We shouldn't be wasting our sorrows. Come out of those sorrows, of such sorrows, with a testimony and say, I went through A, B, C, D. But because of the word of God that says X, Y, Z, I was able to come out and I was able to be victorious. Hallelujah. That's what God expects us to do. Let's think of apostles. If, if if there was a group of people that was to give up so easily, we are the apostles. Amen. Let's, let's look at Peter. Immediately after Jesus died, what did Peter do? Jesus died. Uh, he's hung on the cross and then he's been buried. Peter goes back to his friends and says, Gentlemen, I'm going back fishing. And he went back. But that's not what he was called to do. He was taken out of the boat, the fishing boat, and he was told, "You shall now fish, men." And then Jesus dies. He goes back. He starts fishing. But uh, after after a time, Jesus appears to them and everything else. And what does Peter do? He is the very first one to preach about. Jesus. Now he forgets. Acts chapter, I should be Acts chapter 1, is it? Yeah. He forgets the fishing. Okay? They've gathered in the upper room. They're praying and everything else. And people are saying, look, they're drunk. They are, these guys have, have, have are drunk with a strange wine and everything. Peter comes out and stands before a multitude of people, over 3,000 men. And women, I think, were not included. Okay? So, we should assume it was Perhaps 6,000 plus. Okay? Assuming every man came with their wife. uh, So, 6,000 plus. He is the first one to speak of the great things that God has done through Jesus Christ. He is a guy who went back to fishing. But he remembered, he said, "Mm -hmm." I think the way we walked with that man, he was not just an ordinary man. I think the things that that man did, he was not just an ordinary man. There must be something great about him. And as they pray, and the people are mocking him, revelations begin to come to him. And he begins to speak the greatness of God. He begins to speak salvation. And people get saved at that point. What happens thereafter? Persecution after persecution. These guys should have given up. These guys, because I mean, they had their own things they were doing. They were fishing. Uh, if if we talk about Paul, he he was a tent maker. Okay, they they had they had what they was bringing bread on their table every day, but they chose to leave such professions and then went to serve God because they knew where they have come from and they knew where they were going and what they see was positives within their troubles amen think of paul let's let's go to the book of acts chapter 28 or you can just you can just uh, record it you may you can read it on your own acts chapter 28 paul the prisoner is being taken to rome to face his charges amen And then on the sea, they meet so much trouble. There's so much that if you read chapter twenty-eight of Acts, you would notice that (laughs) the guy faced so much trouble. And it was at that point that I I I I, I asked myself, why didn't Paul quit? Why didn't he say, "I think I've, I've followed you. I've followed you." Uh, for, for some, I think this is enough. Uh, I've faced enough and I think he, I need to go back to what I've been doing. But they faced all that trouble. The ship wrecks. Now they are on an island which was called Marta. And what happens? The people there are so welcoming. They welcome them and uh, 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 they had a fire uh, somewhere to keep themselves warm because it was raining uh, and it was so cold. And Paul goes to gather some pieces of wood so that he puts on the fire and then they keep themselves warm. What happens thereafter? He's beaten by a viper which fastens itself on his finger. And people are looking at him They have heard all that has happened on the sea. And all that happened on the sea was because of this man, Paul. And people are looking at him and they're saying, this man must be a murderer. The sins that this man has committed must be great. All this trouble and the expectation they have is, Paul is going to die. They expect him to die because of, the viper that has beaten him. Okay? They are looking at the viper and they say, this man, this man has no life. He's going to die. Okay? And this happened when he was trying to uh, make everyone warm. You you remember what we used to do? uh, I don't know, those that have done it before. When we were kids, uh, it's cold. Then we would go play in the fields. We would light the fire and... uh, if you don't, if you don't contribute wood to the fire, you're not a part of the game. Don't come anywhere near near the fire. So I, I, I was I was just joking yesterday. So I think I think I think Paul was basically doing that. So he went and collected the fire without knowing. You collected the wood without knowing that there was a snake in the wood, and he comes. To make sure that everyone is warm and he puts it on the fire and the snake beats him and people turn against him and they're like, "He's, he's a great sinner. This time, Paul was supposed to say, I think I have had enough. Amen. But he looked from where he had come. All the troubles he went through. And he looked at where he was going. And that's why Paul, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And what remains of me is the crown. That's what we need to be focusing on as Christians. Because there's a crown ahead of us. There should be light at the end of every problem we are facing only if you endure. Amen. There was a time when I was staying in uh, in Blanty. I was still a bachelor at that time, so I was staying with a, fling, uh, a friend, Luke. Uh, so every evening we used to... Uh, to, to to do some uh, we used to jog uh, so there was uh, one time, so what we used to do was to go from during the new lines and then we'd go all the way to uh, southern Botras and then go around as if we were going to uh, if those that know the place, as if we were going to waterboard and then turn there's a, uh, there's a bit of a cliff somewhere we'll turn there and then go back to new lines, so this day Luke says we'll have to go around and then when going back home, we'll go all the way to Durand Market and then go back home. I looked at him. I said, man, why are you trying to torture me? But <laughs> we had to do it. So we, we, we started off. When we reached the point that we normally used to, uh, 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 to, to, to to stop at and then go back home, I told Luke, I said, look, I'm really, really tired. I, have, I think we have to go on. And he said something. He said, Look, man, there's always joy when you finish your rest well. And the agreement was we are going to go through during the marches. And we have to do that. And there will be joy if we finish it. So that encouraged me quite a lot. We did and went back home. It was so fulfilling. To know that I have managed to cover a distance that I was not able to cover, that I was I couldn't imagine I would cover. But with the strength that he had, I mean, with the encouragement he had given me, he had given me strength, and I went through. I went on and on and on, and then I covered. That's why Paul here is able to say, "I have fought a good fight." He was. He, it was. It was an expression of fulfillment. We should be able to come to a point where we can say, I have fought a good fight. Just like when you passed that exam. Just like when you finished that uh, 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 difficult report at the office. And you say, I have fought a good fight. We should also be able to say that in our lives. In everything that we face. We should be able to say, I have fought a good fight. And we can only say that if God is at the center of it all. Amen. It was Paul and Cyrus in prison. What did they do? They are locked up in prison because of the work of God. Because they are preaching Jesus Christ. And they remembered how good God had been in their lives. They remembered how good God had been in their ministry. And what did they do? They started praise and worship. And they worshipped God. They did not curse God. They did not ask questions. The only questions perhaps they asked was, jaba atani And they had their answers. And those answers helped them to worship God. Because they remembered how good God had been to their lives. And what did God do? He came through for them. Amen. But if this was to happen to some of us being jailed because of Jesus Christ, uh, <laughs> the same minute we've been locked up, we'll say, mm, I think it's a <laughs> a Amen. Others would come and tell you, is Is it a Is And that has, that has happened to a lot of people, a lot of ministers, a lot of Christians. People would come to them and tell them, is it a CN? Is a is? You're not, you're not able to achieve that because you're busy focusing on ministry. Okay? And others would take that word seriously and quit. And they go a different direction. That's not God. what God wanted them to do. Alright? But Paul and Cyrus remembered, the God we are serving now, he rescued us. Huh? And he can rescue us again now. And they praised, they worshipped God. Amen. What is it that you're facing in your life that makes you fail to worship God? What is it that you're facing at your workplace? At your school? Everywhere that makes you fail to worship God? Is there anything good that you can see in those problems that can make you say, yes, there's God in heaven? There has to be something good that you can remember amidst all your problems, amidst all your troubles. There has to be something good that you can remember and say, yes, there is a God in heaven. Do you know it's possible to worship God even in trouble? It is possible. It is perfectly possible. We've seen it happening in the Bible. It can happen with us. Amen. Just like Paul and Cyrus did. At times when we talk of worship, we begin to complicate it. But... but, Worship, we are simply talking of the stand that you have or the perception that you have towards God and expressing that to him. It's not about standing here and singing. We can sing with God and voices here. We can play perfectly the guitars. We can dance nicely. Every time I I stand here and and, and sing and lead, I see see very beautiful dances. But that's not the definition of worship. It's possible that we can be worshiping here when God is not with us here. We can sing God and voices when God is busy paying attention to some ugly voice somewhere because they're worshipping in spirit and truth. Amen. It's possible. It's possible we can the, the drums, the guitars, and everything else can be very beautiful, like like it happened this morning. I think I think they the, 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 the music was just good. Okay. It can be possible, but you'd be shocked to see that. All this effort we've been putting in, God was not paying attention. He's paying attention to someone somewhere who is singing badly. But because they are doing it in spirit and in truth. Amen. But what we're saying is, how or where do you bless God in your life? That's the true worship. If you bless God... At the rightful place in your life, that's the true worship. What does that mean? It means God has to be at the center stage of everything that you do with your life, every decision you make in your life. God has to be at the center stage. And you should be able, if, if that happens, you should be able to sit back even during your trouble and say, God, thank you. God you are God because you have placed him at the rightful place in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. You cannot you, you you cannot worship God if you have not seen him do something in your life. If you have not appreciated how much good he has been to your life. Amen. Let's let's open uh, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verse 17. Well, we'll start from verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had taught them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. My interest is on verse number 17. When they saw him. They worshipped Him. Amen. What does this tell you? It tells you they worshipped Him because they had what? They had seen Him. Amen. If you have not seen God in your life, it becomes difficult to worship. But it's easy to see God in your life. Reflect on the so many good things that have happened in your life. And think how was I able to go through this? How did this happen in my life? You see God in that, and you begin to what? You begin to worship him. Amen. But if you have not seen God in any situation of your life, or in the problems you're going through, you don't see any positive, you don't see um, any God in it, it would be hard for you to worship him, even in that trouble. And that's when you begin just to complain and and. and, 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 and just just begin to curse the day you were born like job uh, like job did in job chapter 3 amen but if you see god in your situations you'll be able to worship you worship because you have seen god and you have seen how good god is amen genesis chapter 1 verse 1 it says in the beginning god Let's just end it there in the beginning God. Amen. And everything what starts. The book of Genesis is the beginning. Okay? And it begins with God. And it ends with God in Revelation. That's how our life should be. So everything in our lives has to begin with God. Amen. It has to, if, if there is no God in it, don't do it. Don't start. It has to begin with God and has to end with God. That way we should be able to appreciate how God has, how good God has been to our life. If he it, it everything, it begins with God. But if God is not there, who will not appreciate his goodness. Who will curse and curse will doubt and doubt. We'll be afraid and be afraid until we are afraid no more. Amen. And all this takes a sacrifice. Amen. You sacrifice time. You sacrifice so many things. But because you want God to be at the center of it. You sacrifice your time studying the Word of God. You sacrifice your time praying. It's it's really 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 hard to wake up and pray. But we have to do it. We have to sacrifice. It's really really hard. You, you know how hard it is to read the Bible than to read our favorite our favorite book, uh, novels, whatever. Uh, okay, the Bible becomes a hard thing to read. And it's a sacrifice. We'll have to sacrifice. Which one do you choose between your favorite show on the television and the Bible? It's a sacrifice. But at the end of that sacrifice, because we are placing God at the rightful place in our lives, the end result becomes joy. Amen. These days I've started working out quite a lot. Uh, and the, it's, it's not easy. Okay. Uh, waking up and saying, okay, um, I'm going to go do exercises. I'm going to go uh, lift lift a few uh, metals and stuff and everything else. Just that thought. Just that thought. And the amount of work you expected to put in would actually pull you back. Okay? But it takes me to sacrifice the pleasure that I'm living in the comfort of my home and going out to do all those exercises because there's a reason why I'm doing that okay. and when that happens when I achieve why I'm doing that I'll be satisfied okay. I'll be happy I'll say oh yes I have finished but it has taken sacrifice don't I want to give up along the way so many times I've wanted to give up and I'll say, this week I'm not doing it. And i would stay a week without doing it. And I'll remember, no, 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 no. There's a reason I'm doing this. I have to go back and do it. These are the principles we need to be applying in our daily living as Christians. It's hard. It's hard to sacrifice a lot. It's hard. Any sacrifice you can think of, it's hard. Amen? Romans chapter 12, verse 1, talks about sacrificing. Amen, And that's a sacrifice we need to give as Christians. Our bodies as a living sacrifice. Because that is the true worship. Amen. So if we give ourselves as a true sacrifice to God, problems come. We know where God is in our life. And we should be able to say, No, 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 no. This is not going to cause trouble in my life. Because I know where God is in my life. As I conclude, I would like to encourage all of us this morning to, to weigh in between our troubles or weigh what we think are troubles in our lives and the goodness that God has ever shown to us. Believe me, you'll notice that the scale will be like this. The good things will be outweighing the troubles we face or things we think are troubles in our lives amen if we take some time to reflect on that you'll notice that we'll stop putting much focus on our problems we'll put much focus on the good things that God has done even in our problems then people will be looking at us to say could I done anyone i've only got this into Why is he happy like that when things have not worked out? But it's because you know that your God is bigger than these problems. And you always put a smile. There are people when you meet, you wonder, has this person ever been sad? I have, I have a few friends. I, I meet them and I'm like, this guy is always smiling, he's always jovial, he's always what? Uh, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a friend of ours uh, uh, who is he's so close to us. So on his birthday, we did a, a quiz and, uh, and the question we asked is, what is the one thing that Toko would do even in his saddest moments? I was so shocked everyone wrote, he would joke and laugh with everyone. Even in his saddest moments. Because they know that these troubles are just for some time. And they'll go. But my God will remain supreme. My God will remain God. And that's what we have to have in our hearts. God will remain God. Trouble, no trouble, God will remain God. Amen. Problems, no problems, God will Remain God, and that's why we need to focus on the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just want to glorify you. You're always on time, Lord. And your word is always true. You said in your word that your word would not come and go back before it bears forth fruit. And we pray in Jesus' mighty name that, Lord, may your word bear fruit this morning. We pray that the seed that's been planted through your word this morning, Father, may it materialize and be fruitful in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for a blessing unto your people. I pray that God... May you bless each and every one of them. Let your word work in their lives. In the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I have prayed. Amen. Thank you very much and may God bless you all.
1: Praise God. Um, The word is very clear. Amen. It's very clear that even when we are going through very hard times, and these, what we're living through right now, are hard times for a lot of people. We know the economy is strained because of the pandemic. Uh, I was even saying yesterday that even the giving in church has changed. And we understand things are not well. How many can testify? Things are not well. You know, but we can look to God and say, God, even through all this, through all these things that we are going through, we want to be thankful because in the past, you have provided. Even now, you continue to provide. And in the future, you will, you will be still our provider. Amen. Just to make that choice and say that God will serve